Well, good morning. You know, it's uh, Sunday mornings like this where you realize you walk into the sanctuary and either our brother, Doc Bodette, has completely lost it, or it's VBS weekend. (laughs) (laughs) So, I don't know where where he's at, but probably hiding back there somewhere. But, wow, yeah, amazing. All right, we have a full week ahead of us. And, uh, and I'm up here today doing something a little bit different with you guys because we, with the student ministries, had a busy week just three weeks ago uh, with going to LTC, which this stands for Lead the Cause. And uh, as many of you know, uh, this, was, this was a student mission trip. Um, and as much of it was a different mission trip in that it was really an evangelism intensive. So the students that we brought spent the week, five days, uh, in... Uh, an, an impressively packed schedule, uh, being uh, trained, being equipped, being inspired on how to share their faith, to see themselves rightly in God's redemption plan for the world. And so this morning, we're going to get to hear from them. We're going to hear about this week. And, uh, and I hope that I've been, even as I was praying about this this morning, that this is less of a report and more of an invitation for you guys to just join in with how these students have been inspired, how they've been equipped, how they're moving out, and you would want to be a part of that too. And so they're going to be presenting to you guys some of the tools and uh, things that they were given during this trip. And uh, what I want to encourage you with uh, concerning those tools is they're not, they're not kid tools. These are, these are tools adults can use uh, to aid you in being purposeful in your sharing of the gospel. Uh, one of the things that I took from this trip at the very end, and they, they, they're speaking to youth leaders, they say, you know, if evangelism and discipleship and prayer, if those things are truly priorities in your ministry, well, they will be programmed into your ministry. You will see those things. And I, I was like, well, on a personal level, if these things, prayer, discipleship, and evangelism, are important to us, uh, we will actually see those in our day-to-day lives as well. And so I'm uh, really excited. It was a great trip, guys, and I hope you get excited uh, with these students for what they, uh, what they not endured, uh, encountered uh, the, the Colorado heat, all right, for some of these guys. They endured the Colorado heat, got to see a thunderstorm for the first time, amazing, uh, <laughs> really cool, really cool stuff. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and invite, if you guys would mind welcoming, Lena Lauman to the stage. And just a, just a, an overall how we're going to do this is each student is going to be uh, talking about a, a day that we experienced at, at uh, this LTC training, uh, as well as giving some of the tools. So you'll be hearing Lena's going to give us day one. So Lena, it's all yours. All righty. Um, so for the first day, they taught us something um, called the cause circle. And so they invited us to pick a couple people um, that are unbelievers to um, pray, care, and share um, with and for. So the first part is um, prayer. So it's really just intentional prayer, um, praying uh, for them, with them, um, that God will open their hearts and open their eyes to his truth, and also uh, praying for like our own selves, um, that God will give us the words and the wisdom to know what to say, when to say it. Um, and then the, uh, the second part, um, care, is really just being like the light of Christ to people, being the hands and feet of Christ and just loving on them. And um, we will share a little bit more about that later. And then the um, final part is um, sharing. So that's gospel conversations, either like 
literally sharing the gospel or bringing it up in some context. Um, so, and then it's a circle, so it's continuous. So, just constantly uh, repeat it throughout um, the whole time. Sure. And tell them when they were teaching you guys about the prayer, the cost circle. Do you remember what they did that first night when we were praying about people? What were they challenging students with that night on their phones? Oh, they them up. <laughs> yeah. So Good. Sure. <laughs> um, to start conversations with people and really just um, try and engage them. Yeah, we, we were told from the very first, I believe it was the very first night, they say, hey guys, get your phones out. And uh, we want you to text somebody you know, doesn't believe in Jesus, and ask them what you can pray for about. And we did that the first night. <laughs> it was incredible. So Lena, t- uh, tell us this. Tell us something that was most impactful or something that's challenged you from this trip. Um, for me, it was really seeing um, all the people there. There were several hundred people. I'm um, just really just being on fire for God and seeing them just come alive. And in our own team, too, we came home and we're just really excited for what we're going to be doing in our community. And so that was, that was really special to see. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Lena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why don't you guys welcome uh, Elijah and Sybil. They're going to come up and they're going to share with us. All right. So we got the gospel acrostic. It's a great tool to use while sharing to somebody. So part of the cause circle, the share part. It's G-O-S-P-L, which stands for God, our sins, paying everyone life. And each word has a little sentence that goes with it. And so I'm going to start with the first one. It's God created us to be with him and he spoke in the universe and everything in it and we want, he knows that we want to have a relationship with him. And so it's not just every other thing. We were meant for a purpose, and that's why God created us to be with him. And I have a verse that goes with it and says, Then God said, Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened, and that's Genesis one twenty four. And so the next one. Okay, and the O in the Gospel Acrostic stands for our sins separate us from God. And like Elijah just said, God created this world for us and a perfect relationship with him, but then we disobey his commandments, and that separates us from him. And that started in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned, and they disobeyed him and kind of broke that relationship. And even Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So the S, kind of the same as our sins, but the S stands for sins cannot be removed by good deeds, which means that anything that we do uh, cannot be like cannot be good enough for what God did for us. So that's in saying, like sharing with somebody, that's definitely a big part of like explaining that to them and knowing that nothing can be, um, nothing you can do can like save them. So that's just like trusting in him is what saves you. And that's definitely a big part of it. So, And yeah, that the last part kind of sounds sad. I was like, oh, like we're separated and we can't do anything about it. But the P is paying the price for our sins. Jesus died and rose again. And that's because it's not what we do. It's we, we separated ourselves from him, but he died and he healed that relationship because he was the perfect sacrifice, sacrificing for our sins. And that part's just really exciting to me because it seems hopeless, 
But it's not because he gives us hope by doing that.、Um, and he, you know, he didn't just die; he rose again, and he overcame death and proved who he really was. So I just really like that part. <laughs> and the E, the E stands for everyone who trusts in Him alone has eternal life. And one of the biggest parts about this letter is the trust in Him alone. Like you can, yeah, you can trust in Jesus and stuff, and then. Like you can trust in other things, but the biggest part is definitely trusting in Him alone and explaining that to somebody who you're sharing with. And I have a verse for that. For, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves; it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And that's Ephesians two eight and nine. And then L, the final letter is life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever, which I also think is super exciting.、Um, I remember at camp. We'd kind of recite the gospel acrostic, and by the end, we would all kind of shout the last line: "Life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever." Because it's just so exciting. Because He loves us, and He's just waiting for us, and all we have to do is accept it, and it starts now, and then we get to be with Him in a loving relationship for forever, which is just cool now. <laughs> and.、Um, <laughs> And John six forty seven says, "I tell you the truth: anyone who believes has eternal life." Because that's really all we have to do. And so, yeah, that's the acrostic. And I'm happy that we got to share it because for me, it was really helpful because it just lays out like the core of our beliefs. And so, it felt good to just have that. So when I was sharing, I felt like it was a really good tool. Because I was able to know what I wanted to say and be confident in it, and not get stuck on any of the little details, but just really know that that's what's important is the story of Jesus and how He saved us. So, yeah. All right. Hey, <clears throat> Sybil, Elijah, would you guys mind sharing with us then、uh, some of the impact?、Uh, what challenged you? What did you want to apply? What's been the most impactful thing from the week? So probably one of the most impactful things for me was being more confident in myself. Like so, one of the days we had to just go up and talk to a random strangers. All right, so that's kind of scary in of itself, and especially just talk about the gospel. And so I got that part down, and that was definitely one of the most impactful parts. Making up my own gospel acronym because you can say it in any order you like. It just depends on the flow of the conversation. So that's definitely one of the biggest parts was being more confident in my faith and with just other people. So, for me, I think、um, there was a lot of prayer the whole week, and that was really powerful. I kind of realized the power of prayer, and I feel like it gave me a lot of faith and confidence in God.、Um, praying with other people and praying for other people it was just really powerful, and it was. Encouraging to just be bold and you know dare to share like it was called, and just realize that even in prayer, it's not my power, but it's what He's going to do through me.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And just so you know, that gospel acronym that they were teaching you about, we've got actually several cards with that listed on the back. And at the end of service, if you want to learn more about that or see that, the students will be up here up front, and you're welcome to come and talk with them about that and take one of these with you.、Um, one thing I wanted to say、uh, that I forgot to say in the beginning, though, is I wanted to give you a little 
uh, impact overview. 450 students went on this trip. Uh, they were there together. And we had two outreaches, uh, which lasted for about six hours total. So just six hours. And I, I, I have this question. If you had $450 to invest in six hours, and you knew you were going to get 50 bucks back, would you do it? A lot of people would say yes. Well, that's what happened on this trip. 450 students went out into the community, shared their faith, and 50 people came back making declarations of faith in Jesus. And so just so you know. Well, we can talk about more of that later. Jacob Miller, he's going to come up, and he's going to share with us about day two. We are now on day two. Um, so day two was all about prayer and uh, prayerfulness leading into the caring and sharing of the gospel that we did later in the week. Um, the main event of the day was supposed to be us heading to Columbine High School, uh, which for those of you who don't already know, um, is the high school in Colorado that suffered a tragic school shooting that killed 13, 13 people um, and injured 24 others. Um, and all of this happened on April 20th of 1999. The plan was to come here, but uh, unfortunately, due to construction, uh, we had to head over to the, the Columbine Memorial just outside of the school, um, and we, we did all of our stuff there. And uh, just, seeing, just seeing all the quotes on the wall from various figures and uh, reading the statements from parents, um, one couldn't help but sympathize with their pain. But on the flip side of that, many of these statements just uh, showed the profound hope that they had in Christ, even in light of such a tragic event, um, which was, was really impactful for me. Um, and even though it was an extremely sobering uh, reality, it was also one of the most impactful things on the trip for me. Um, and so also on that day, so prayer day, we went here also just to engage in prayer, to learn more about prayer and just um, the process of, of praying. Um, so they actually, they took us through this prayer acronym, so PRAY, uh, P for praise, R for request, A for admit, and Y for yield. Um, so P for praise, really just uh, emphasizing praising God and his attributes, just putting the focus on him uh, just to get our hearts, hearts right with him. And request, uh, really simple, just focusing on requesting for God's help in all situations, whether it be in sharing the gospel and caring for others or really just um, in our own lives, just asking for God's help. And for admit, uh, it's really putting the emphasis on admitting or confessing our sin before God, being transparent with him and not, not hiding things from God. And for why, yield, it's, it's really just focusing on uh, just yielding our lives to God, just giving him, him the power in our lives uh, and just remembering him first. So that day, just getting to pray with others and really just learn all the aspects of prayer was really impactful, and I would say that it really impacted the next couple days of the week. Yeah. So, Jake, tell us about uh, what are some of the most impactful things for you for the week as a whole you come back with. So for the week as a whole, uh, really, I just learned that whether you're caring, whether you're praying, or whether you're sharing, um, just, just do it with all your heart and uh, let God uh, use that to bring fruit um, because he can do do all things, um, regardless of what part of that process we're engaging with. Yeah, yeah, awesome. awesome. One of my favorite moments of prayer day was right at the end, we're debriefing, and I'm asking everybody, what, what do you, how'd you think about that? One of the kids go, well, we, we prayed a lot. 
<laughs> but it, it was wonderful. It was beautiful. Gracie, will you come up? Welcome Gracie up to the stage. So third day was care day, my favorite day. Um, <clears throat> we started off, um, we went to a neighborhood, and it was a low-income neighborhood, and we went there with a couple other youth groups, and our job was to bring boxes of food to different houses and tell them about a block party we were going to throw for them at the park. So um, we went around, knocked on doors, it's kind of sad to see some of the places, but um, and a lot of people responded positively to it, and it was fun to see the little kids like peeking around their parents, looking at us, and we'd be like, hey guys, see you soon. <laughs> so that was really exciting. Um, we went back, and we just started waiting for the kids to show up, and soon they all started showing up, and we literally just swarmed around the kids and just started playing with them. Um, they did not have a chance to be alone. We just all started playing with them. Um, <clears throat> we painted nails. Um, they painted our nails. Um, and it's face paint. Um, it's a pretty cool face paint. The kids love that. Um, the boys went and played basketball with the little boys and soccer and chalk and... Yeah, so we just spent time with them, and I just felt like the love of God was just literally pouring out of all of us. Um, There was just no agenda. We were just there to love on them, and it just felt so good. Um, We were challenged to have at least one gospel conversation with us and the kid. Um, I tried. It was kind of hard because the kids just wanted to play and have fun, but um, I tell them things like, you know, Jesus loves you so much, and I know Elijah, he had a pretty good gospel conversation with a girl and some of the others, so... Hopefully seeds were planted. Um, it was hard to say goodbye to the kids. We walked them back and to their houses. I mean, they think they're going to see us again, but we were just like, bye, knowing we never see them. So that was hard. Um, the cool thing is we walked away really inspired about doing this in Port Angeles. I was like, Amber, can we do this in Port Angeles? And she's like, yeah. So um, <laughs> um, we want to throw a block party here because there's a lot of broken families in Port Angeles. So um, you guys can be a part of it, you know. And yeah, so it was a really cool day just getting to care and do that. So, yeah. sure. All right. Anything else you want to share? I know um, this was the most impactful day, so you feel like you already shared it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you taking back from it? Um, just excited to take what I learned from the whole trip and bring it home. Because just putting faith in action, you know, not just thinking about it or talking about it, but doing it. And I... I feel like we all felt this. It wasn't just a camp high. We came home changed, you know. And as a team, we're all just so excited. There's just like, it's not a camp high. We're like changed. So it's really exciting. So yeah, that's it. One of the things, a couple of things from this day that I remember. Um, one is that... Uh, when we generally think you're going to go out and they were challenged to share the gospel with one person and you're going, how do I start that conversation? And we think that's an awkward conversation to start. And I met a, I met a young man and he's chasing around his siblings. And I was like, how many siblings do you have? This is the start of our conversation. He goes, I have eight. And uh, he goes, I'm the second oldest. And I was like, and I just asked him, I was like, what is it like to be the second oldest of eight siblings? And he just goes, man, it's, it's, it's hard. I'm the role model. And I was like, well, how's that going? He goes, well, I'm a terrible role model. 
okay, door, want to open right up, all right? <laughs> and so I want to encourage you with, man, people are ready for those conversations, all right? And they're wanting those conversations. Uh, one, of the, one of the things I also remember from debriefing with the students that day is we come back, and we're talking about caring for people. Well, the question became, well, what does it look like if some of the older students start caring for our youth group? Meaning, what if they come before service uh, starts for the youth group and just start getting to know kids, praying with them, loving on them. I was like, I, I, I asked them, what do you think that would do to our youth group? And they said, it'd transform it. I said, what would it look like if you came to church and did that? And so, I, just a strong encouragement for all of us. All right. Last but not least, Mr. Jack Gladfelter is going to come. Alrighty, on to my favorite day, Ask Admired Mint, which we basically went out and just shared the gospel to strangers, as Elijah was saying, which was honestly like my favorite day. I loved it because, you know, we went to, where did we go? Red Rock Amphitheater, if you guys know where that is, you know, big, you know, state, not stadium, what is it, like a concert area? Yeah, that's what it is. It's a big concert area. a giant area. amphitheater. <laughs> No, it's a big concert area, you know, like all these bands were playing. So we went there and it was just, it was great because I was just so excited. And we basically had like, you know, this thing that we had to do, go through, you know, just ask, admire, you know, and just like ask questions. Like one of the questions we had was, um, how did COVID affect you or your family or how did it affect your town? Which is ones I used. And basically, you know, you just go from there and just ask questions. I, it was kind of hard to do at first, but like, once you got through your like first person, you'd kind of be like, okay, you know, maybe I need to fix this or fix this. But basically, you know, you'd go through that, ask questions, you know, hey, how are you doing? You know, what's, where are you from? You know, just start a conversation. Doesn't even need to be like that long. And then you'd just be like, oh yeah, no, that's kind of how it was for us. And then you'd basically just start from there and try to put in the gospel and go through the whole G-O-S-P-E-L and with me, I went through, I went through it the entire thing. I asked this guy, you know, where he's from. He was from Virginia, and he worked for the state of Virginia as like, um, not a counselor, but to find counseling for people, which is like, he was explaining to me, it's a very hard job, you know, 24-7 on the clock. And so basically, he was kind of like, yeah, it's a really hard job. You know, we have all therapists, so like, you know, we all talk to each other. I'm like, are you religious? And, you know, he didn't really say anything. I'm like, you mind if I explain you, like, what kind of helps me through, like, stressful times? And I went through the gospel with him and, you know, basically went through the entire thing. I prayed with him and he was going to say, when you brought up God, I was going to stop you and say, like, you know, I was a, I used to be a lead pastor at my church. And he was like, but I just want to hear what you're saying. What I told Corey this and Corey basically said, yeah, you got Jesus juked. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, Corey. It was really great, though, because I just went all the way through. It was kind of like a practice a little bit, but it just I was able to go all the way through, and it just like felt good because he was giving me like, yeah, no, you're doing great. What your generation is doing is just amazing. You know, maybe like your generation isn't as bad as people think. You know, it was just great to. <laughs> yeah, I know. We we don't get the best PR, but you know. But basically, it was just it was just amazing with everyone else. You know, they were all they were all doing great. You know, we had several gospel conversations. Elijah, you know, Gracie, Sybil, everyone did. You know, I was helping out Jay because you know he was having some struggle and he did good. You, I'm not saying you did bad. You did good. I'm, I'm going too far, am I, Corey? Yeah, yeah, you're rambling. Yeah. But basically, overall, it was just it was just a great experience, and I came out of that. I was so excited. I'm like, I can't wait to do this in Port Angeles. Just 
go up and talk to random strangers, you know, just downtown Port Angeles, just be like, hey, how are you doing, you know? The only hard part about it was just, it's, it was all like tourists and families, you know, they don't want to talk. It's like, yeah, th- like I would be like, hey, you mind if I take your guys' picture? And be like, oh, yeah, sure, take their piss pictures. And I'd be like, trying to ask questions. They'd be like, oh, no, thank you. You know, it's like, just like they're on vacation. They don't want to talk to some kid from Port Angeles, Washington. <laughs> but it was, it was really, really impactful, and I'm really excited to do it. I want to, two questions for you, Jack. Yeah. One is, there's the experience of sharing with the total stranger but how did that contrast with the sharing with the kids that you knew over text message and, and stuff oh, like that? Yeah, that was, it's, it was a little hard at first because they're your friends, you know, it's like some of them already know you're Christian, so it's kind of like I, I have one of my friends, she's, she's Mormon, but I was just like talking with her and it, it, was, it was a little easier on the side because she's down to listen, but it was also kind of hard because she had her beliefs and I had mine and it was hard, but it's something I'm getting slowly better as. I'm talking to one of my other friends about it it's going okay. There's some struggles, but she's trying to get it, and it's, sure. it's going really well. And the most impactful thing for me that entire week, I'd have to say, was, going, was doing the, the, the care day. That was very impactful because I, I like kids, but I'm not like, you know, I'll go play with them and do all this stuff, you know, play whatever. But, like, that really helped me out because there's this one kid that he just, like, you know, did my face painting. I have a picture. He turned me into, like, a lion, you know. And then my nails were, I, I looked, I looked pretty It didn't good. take much with that mane of his. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, he did good though. And then, you know, he was like, I was playing with him, walking around with him. And then it's time to end. And he was like, yeah, no, you, you should come over sometime. Cause I was talking about Minecraft, you know, just trying to talk and they're kids. They really don't, they just want to play and talk about their things that they did. So it was kind of hard to start up a conversation, but it just, it just really opened my heart for kids. Cause now I, I, I want to, you know, go to the middle schoolers or even the grade schoolers and just, you know, show them that, hey, I, I can be a role model. And so that really, really helped me. I cried a little bit this entire week was, I cried a lot, I'll be honest. But, like, that was the day that kind of impacted me the most. Like, it just, yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Jack. Yeah, thanks for So again, on Share Day, one of the things that they gave the students a tool on how to start a conversation is the ask, admire, admit. And, uh, and really what that, that asking is, is what kind of questions can you ask that start a good conversation? Uh, Jack said, hey, how, how have you been weathering or how have you um, gone through the pandemic? And, and that opens up a conversation with them. And then you get to the admire, and the admire is usually finding something that you can relate with that you actually can't admire. You know, for, for he said he was speaking with a Mormon. For a Mormon, it may be, hey, I really admire how missional you guys are. Right? We can disagree about other things, but you're incredibly missional, and we can admire that. And then you get to the admit. Well, can I, can I share with you... Uh, why I have been able, what, how Jesus has helped me through the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera. And it begins to give you a framework to how to uh, have a conversation and share the gospel with somebody. So with that, I have also asked Amber, as she was the, the second leader on the trip with us, she w- was with the girls, and I asked her just to come up and give her uh, experience, what she thought, et cetera. So welcome Amber Phobian up. <laughs> So, yeah, going on this trip, I really felt like, you know, I was going kind of as a cheerleader. <laughs> you know, I was going with the kids to support them and encourage them. And 
um, just to help them, you know, uh, get a lot out of it. And so, and that definitely was a thing. <laughs> and, um, and I, I guess I didn't, I underestimated how much it was going to impact me personally in my walk and in my life. And so, um, I was going to share with you guys a couple of the highlights and then a couple of the ways that it challenged me, um, in my walk. So, um, one of the things was just seeing God show up all the time. <laughs> like, we really felt your guys' prayers um, when our six-hour trip turned into a 12-plus-hour trip, um, and these kids were smiling the whole time. <laughs> it was amazing, and I just felt your guys' prayers and um, just God being there. Um, when God showed us this amazing thunderstorm in the midst of a really, after a really, like, emotionally charged and kind of tense day, that um, we could just run through the rain and laugh and be silly and enjoy his amazing light show. Like, it was so cool. Um, And just watching these kids worship together, you know, 450 kids with their hands raised worshiping God was just so awesome and, like, so encouraging for me as a youth leader. Um, Specifically, um, one of the things that really I loved seeing was seeing the way Gracie lit up with those kids. Like she was so excited to be with them and they loved her. And, um, there was even, there was this, um, special needs guy that was at the park and he just, he thought Gracie was the great, he was like, Hey Gracie. And he'd walk away and he'd come back and he'd be like, Gracie. So I just, just seeing, um, God light that fire in her for people and for caring for those who are marginalized or those who, um, have less like it was just really exciting to me and then to see her you know she came to me immediately can we do this at home like I want to do this again and um and I just love that it was so because Gracie's been in my small group for a couple years and so it's just so fun to watch that progression it's one of the best parts of being a youth group leader is seeing them grow in the Lord and seeing God you know um bring about his plan in their lives like it's just it's so cool um Another thing was uh, when we were on the plane on the way back, uh, just being so proud of Jack and Jake while they were sharing with their seatmate on the plane. <laughs> they were like, they were ready. <laughs> and so um, it was it was just so great. They, The guy couldn't hear very well, and he was an older man, but it was so sweet, and just, I was just so proud of them. <laughs> it was It was so cool. Um, we don't know officially how many people heard the gospel on that plane that day we because don't. he was deaf. <laughs> but it was crazy. Like we were even having an impact on the plane on the way there. A lady actually came up to me, gave me a hundred dollars cash and said, this is for your trip. I want you to, if you find a need, give it to somebody. If you guys want to go get coffee, like whatever it is, I just want to support what you're doing. And that was so cool. Like, it, yeah, it was really neat. Um, also, watching the kids on share day, just watching them walk up to strangers, like, and just start talking to them and sharing the gospel with them, and and I was just blown away, because I did a similar thing when I was about 14, and we didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> so it was so cool just to see them. They were just on fire, and, and it, was, it was just really encouraging to me. Like, I, I can do this. They can do this. I can totally do this. So it was really cool. Um, I think the most challenging things for me, just that, you know, God was revealing to me in my own heart was, um, one of the things was on care day, I met with this woman, um, she had seven, seven kids, um, she was a refugee from Africa, she had a very, very thick accent, it was hard to understand her, but I sat with her for about half an hour and just talked to her, and, um, she's a believer, and so, um, it wasn't, you know, a, a gospel conversation in that context, but we did talk about Jesus, and 
um, she shared with me some of her struggles and the things that um, that she's just dealing with with um, health issues and and dealing with um, getting services and how hard that is and and it just my heart broke for her. I just was like, I want to. I, I was like, I want to be here with you and to to like you know walk you through these things. Like I can go to the services office with you and I can help advocate for you. You know, like that's what I'm thinking in my head. You know, but I know I can't stay and I can't do that. But I thought about how many people in our community have language barriers who have, you know, because of mental illness or, or whatever, just are unable to, to get what they need. And how many of us in the church body could walk alongside these people who could find somebody in the community who needs just somebody to go with them to help them figure out how to get services or help them, you know, I just, I just, it just was convicting, A, for me, and it was also encouraging that I can do this for somebody in my community. Um, and I got to pray with her, which was really cool. We prayed because she really wants to find a job, and I got to pray with her to, that God would provide her with a job, and so that was really cool, too. Um, another thing was that um, when we were challenged to send a text, because they challenged the leaders to it, it wasn't just the kids, <laughs> to send a text to somebody who was a non-believer that you knew, um, I realized I don't really know any. <laughs> and I was like, that, that, it shouldn't be that way. I live in a very Christian bubble. And as a homeschool mom, uh, you know, my friends are all Christians and we homeschool our kids together. And, and I, had, um, I had actually been fighting with this idea of like, do I want to go back to this homeschool program we were doing through the public school system? And just trying to pray through it. And I, I really just wanted to like kind of retreat into my home and like homeschool my kids myself without any influence from, you know, having being told how, you know, how to do it or, or whatever. Anyway, but that really convicted me and was like, no, this is the only place where you're engaging with non-believers is at this, this co-op. And so for me, it was really like an eye-opening. I need to be more intentional because I have the light of Jesus and I have the truth and the hope in me to share with other people. And I need to step outside of myself and I need to also model that for my children and for my youth group kids, you know, that it's not about me. It's not about what I'm comfortable with. It's about me engaging others for Jesus because that's why I'm here. And so um, those were the, the things that I really got out of it. Thank you. I wanted to take a moment here at the end and share with you about the last day. The last day on Friday. Friday, we got together, and the youth leaders, they've been working on this all week, uh, which is developing a strategic plan for when you get back. And so the, the, the trip was not about what we were doing there in Denver. The trip really was about what's happening when you get back to your own community. And Friday, we sat with the students, and they'd already been brainstorming throughout the different evenings when we had discussions together, and we finally sat down, and we said, what are we going to do? What's the strategic plan? What's the vision when we go back to our church, when we go back in Port Angeles, when we go back to school, etc.? What is it God's laying on your heart? And so I wanted to uh, give you just a glimpse of our strategic plan. Now, what I'm going to show you is actually just the boiled-down version of this, um, it's actually quite large. <laughs> There's a lot of detail in it. And if you want to know more about that, I'd love to present that to you at another time. But I really wanted to give you a glimpse of uh, another picture of 
how this impacted the students because they came up with a lot of this. All right, so um, first I want to talk about that weird equation up there. All right, so if you don't do math, that's okay. I'm going to explain it to you. It's not that hard, but we have this uh, number one GS. GS stands for gospel share. I was going to say conversation, but then that didn't make sense. But gospel share, all right, or gospel conversation. One gospel share times W stands for weeks, all right? So we put the little 52 there. 52 weeks equals EPA, all right? This is not what you think it is, all right? <laughs> it's not government standards. EPA is every, uh, every person in Port Angeles or every student in Port Angeles. And when we, when we were trying to, they gave us an equation to use to try, to try to say, well, what would it take or how much influence do your students have on your community and what kind of impact could you have? Well, when we went through this equation, we realized that if we had just 35 students who shared their faith once a week for the school year, every student in, in the middle school and the high school of Port Angeles would have heard the gospel. Those are the stats. Now, you can look at that and you can say, well, that sounds pretty daunting at the same time. In fact, when, uh, when Amber and I were first working on this plan, the, the uh, organizational leaders would ask us, is your vision bold enough? And we're like, well, we, we don't know. And they go, does it scare you? And her and I are looking at each other, and we're like, no, this seems very doable. And then we met with another youth leader yesterday, the next day, and he, he asked us what the plan was, and he goes, man, guys, that's huge. And instantly her and I were like, is it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, now we're scared. <laughs> and uh, it turns out it was a pretty bold vision. But we stuck with it because we think it's attainable. We think it's attainable. And, uh, and so our goal coming out of this, uh, for, especially for the IBC uh, student ministry program, is we want to see more kids regularly sharing their faith. We're going to build space in our program for that. We're hoping to see every week uh, space in the service for students to share how, a story about how they shared their faith. And it may be a good story and it may be a bad story. We're going to celebrate it because we're going to celebrate the fact that they're sharing their faith with those in their community. All right, so we're going to build opportunities for that. We also want to see it in student ministry. We want to see these students equipping other students to share their faith. So we have already programmed in our schedule for this year opportunities for students. We're calling it Share Day on a Saturday where these students are going to get together. They're going to spend a couple hours equipping students and even adults, if you want to be a part of this, to share their faith. And we're going to go out into the community that afternoon and we're going to go do it. And we're going to try to share Jesus with those in our community. Um, but also, what I really love about this, too, you start looking at the personal LTC student actions. This is stuff they came up with. One of them said, hey, I want to do a weekly prayer meeting at the school. We're going to show up. It's going to be at the flagpole 30 minutes before school. We want to pray every day. We want to invite students to join in on that. If they don't, that's okay, because we know that prayer is going to be the fuel that drives whatever movement God wants to do here in Port Angeles. So we're looking forward to that this coming school year. Uh, again, we want to see our LTC students, those who went on the trip to continue sharing. They, they were putting a goal for themselves. What would it look like to share their faith once a week for themselves? Well, when we did the math on that, I think it came up with, there would be like 300, 400 gospel conversations in a school year just from these six students. That's incredible, guys. Especially when we look at, when we look at the 450 students who shared their faith and 50 put their faith in Christ. Who knows what God will do with that? 
But then I love this as well. The LTC student said, well, what would it look like if we were to show up to youth group early and intentionally reach out to our fellow students, pray with them, care for them, and even share the gospel with them? Because not every student in our youth group is a believer. And, and to be able to, to, to see students do that for other students. Uh, the, the, the bold vision for Dare to Share was that every student would hear the gospel from a friend. I love that. I wonder if we can do that the same in Port Angeles. Every person in Port Angeles would hear the gospel from a friend, maybe even starting here. All right? So, uh, incredible week uh, that we had. Um, I, I just want to, man, I want to encourage you guys to interact with these students here at the end of service. They're going to be here. They're going to have uh, these cards ready. Oops. <laughs> Throwing them all over the place. But I would like to take just a few minutes right now, and, and I'm going to have the students come back up. Amber, I guess you can come up too. <laughs> and I wanted to offer a little question and answer time. Maybe you heard something you wanted more explanation with, or maybe you just had a question about the trip you wanted to ask these students, but we want to give you an opportunity, and we'll take a few questions. If we don't get them to them all, please come up afterwards, and we'll talk then. So just raise your hand, and we'll get a microphone to you. That's for whoever. Raise it high. It's always that first question. It's always that first question. I know you're already asking the question, so. I don't have a question. I just want to thank you guys for what you're doing. And it's so good to see youth, especially in this society now. You guys are the future leaders of our country and our community. And I just want to commend you and thank you, Corey, for what you're doing with their lives. I would like to know if any of you or one of you had an exciting experience with your testimony that you could share with us. So I ended up on the day we went to Columbine, I ended up sharing my testimony with 450 plus students, which at first I was like, I'm, I was like, Corey, should I go? He was like, go. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going, I guess. I was a little nervous, honest, because it was like my first time talking to 450 kids. I mean, they're my age, but it's like still just that thing. It just, that really helped me out, like, because I love, I love talking, but this kind of like took it to the next level. And so I just, I ex- it just really, really made like, you know, I kind of perfected my testimony a little bit better and kind of like, you know, made me realize, okay, you know, maybe I could, you know, keep doing something like this, just talking to big crowds and really opened up for me at least. One question I had is, from your perspective, what would be encouraging or supportive from like older, the older generations? How would that impact or help you or come alongside you? What are some things that would be helpful as we as a body could do? Uh, one thing that helped me was when I was talking to some strangers, they were ready to open up. Like they, People are want to talk, especially if you bring up COVID or anything like that, they want to talk, and they'll open up like their problems or anything. 
So that's definitely something that encouraged me. Like this couple that I was talking to, they just went in and they were just like, yeah, it's been hard. And so, I mean, that's like a perfect opportunity for me to share the gospel, which I did. And so that's really encouraging that people want to talk. You just have to ask the right questions and you, God will lead you to what the right thing to say. So that's definitely what helped me. Um, for me, for the, the body itself, um, just really helpful to um, get yourselves involved. Do it yourselves, you know, like we're going to have that, uh, that training. Um, I'm not exactly sure when, but um, like we want not to just be doing teens. We want the body itself, the adults, the older people to get involved in this in some way, some form. Um, so just really stepping up also would be really, really encouraging to us to see that there is an impact. One thing we had talked about, I didn't mention this, but we would love also to create space maybe here at church at some point after service something where adults get to share with the teens and the teens get to share with the adults, hey, this is how we had gospel conversations this week and to encourage each other in that way. Did Jesus show you anything new concerning himself? Um, <clears throat> one night there was a really good sermon talking about giants we faced. It was like David and Goliath. He had different giants like anxiety and shame. Um, and I was just really hit that I've been living in shame my whole Christian walk, and I was realizing how gentle Jesus is and loving. Um, and I was just like blown away. At just I know how forgiving God is, but I felt really just, I just felt like he was just really touching my heart that night. Um, just was reminded how gentle and merciful he is, you know. He's big and strong, but he's just so sweet. So um, that really impacted me. So I learned more about Jesus that night, and that's what really set off the whole week for me. So, yeah. I'd like to know if you worked in individually when you went out, or, or, or did you pair up, or did you um, all go together as six? Well, when we were at the amphitheater, uh, most of the time we were by ourselves. But for the next two people that I talked to, me and, me and Gracie uh, paired up, and we kind of tagged team off each other, trying to come up with things to say, even though we got shut down like really bad one time. It's still kind of comforting to have another person there, especially when I when I was like brain farting. So that was <laughs> so that was good. But yeah, so most of the time we were by ourselves, and sometimes we were together, just the two. You kind of answered my question because I wanted to know: Did any of you get really discouraged at any point from being rejected or shut down? Um, yeah, I got, I was talking to this one, it was a mom and her daughter, they were on, they lived in Colorado, and they were just kind of on vacation, just touring around, I talked with them, they were really nice people, but they were just like, they were, I tried to bring up the gospel, like, oh, we're not religious, and I'm like, but you mind if I kind of still explain it to you, and they were like, no, we're fine, you know, we're just on vacation, we really don't want to talk about religion, and that was one of the ones that kind of like shut me down, but it wasn't like in a mean way, you know, there's like, there's some people who will shut you down, like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, you know, like, I don't want to be in a talk about religious stuff, and then there's some like, oh, no, I'm good, and so it was a good and bad, so. Uh, same thing for me where I, just, I had a couple conversations, and 
people just, they were nice to me, but they just didn't really want to engage. And when I kind of brought up my faith, they were kind of like, oh, like, sorry, I'm not really interested. And I kind of felt like a salesperson. And I felt bad because I was like, I don't want to mess this up for God. Like, I need to get these people. I want them to know. So then I had to kind of find peace in that God's, he can plant a seed, like, with whatever you do, he's going to use it. And so I just had to, like, really trust in him and be confident in him and what he's going to do because at times I definitely felt discouraged where, like, I didn't know the right thing to say. So, yeah, I just really had to lean on him for that instead of feeling discouraged, even though I did sometimes. And another thing is, is that I, I was kind of realizing I was just talking to people, some of the people that, you know, don't want to talk about it, they'll still have it in their head, like, okay, you know, some guy brought up God to me, okay, you know, I can, it's always going to be in their head, so, like, if they're going through a hard time, they'll probably, like, you know, just remember that out of nowhere and just be like, maybe I should give, you know, Christianity, just see how, see how it is, and so it can still, like, planting a seed, even if it's, you know, not even like a, like our gospel conversations, if it doesn't go well, planting the seed. Yeah, I'd like to say something about this because we, we actually talked about this quite a bit the second or third day in of just students expressing discouragement. And, and, and the question I had is, well, who saves people? Did God tell us to save people? He never did. That's what Jesus does. What he did is just ask us to be faithful followers of him, share the gospel, and God's going to do that. And that lifts a heavy weight off our shoulders. Like, obviously, we're burdened for the lost, but we're not responsible ultimately for their salvation. So. One more question. One more question. Um, first of all, all, all I can say is wow. I am just wow. Um, now, you've planted the seeds. We can water them. Give me one word in a prayer that we can pray. In other words, would, would it be courage? So each one of you, give us one word. I think for me, um, really just boldness that we will have the boldness to just go and do this and to have the courage to really just share with people openly um i would just say um peace uh peace with god and uh with ourselves knowing that no matter what um he's got us uh basically just being brave being brave enough to go out and talk to people and doing all this stuff that's one of the things even though we still went through this sin entire like conference and learned how to do it still like i'm it's gonna be hard to do so brave bravery okay mine's not one word but it's there's a plan and god has a plan so you know everything's gonna work out for the better even if it doesn't seem like it so there's always a plan even though you, you may not feel it or see it at all there's always going to be a plan yeah just like strength and i guess brave or boldness um yeah, because, yeah, I don't know. I'm still really scared about sharing it, but I have a lot of friends in mind that need to hear it, and I've started meeting with them, so hope, hoping that I can get the boldness from God to actually share it soon. So, yeah. Okay, well, I was going to say strength, too. <laughs> strength from God, um, but maybe also love, that we would be able to, you know, show his love yeah, to people. Excellent. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. 
Well, um, church family, what a rich gift this has been, has it not? I just love uh, hearing what God is doing through faithful young people. I was just talk, walking with uh, Dewey Doolittle uh, just this past week. We do our little lunch, lunch walk on Wednesdays, and he's just like, a really cool story. You know, I'm working through processing a lot of things, but a really cool story. We're camping at Salt Creek. Little Kayla, my daughter, is riding her bike around, meets another friend her age, around six years old or something like that, and we're riding bikes, and her, the little friend that she just met was saying, I'm having all kinds of nightmares, and I don't know how to get rid of them. And Kayla's like, you need Jesus. That's what you need. <laughs> and so I know exactly what you need. You need Jesus, and you can ask him, like, well, I don't know Jesus. Well, I, come to my church. You're going to hear about Jesus. You can accept him. And then, uh, then the kid goes and tells the mom, and mom is an atheist. We don't believe in Jesus. In fact, they actually picked up and moved their camp to a different spot, but seeds are planted. Through the boldness of a young child, through the boldness of young people, what I love, church family, is this, that Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are Christ ambassadors. You know what an ambassador is? Someone who represents someone else or something else. We, as believers in Christ, are Christ ambassadors. In other words, as Paul says, God is making his appeal through you. That's the beauty of it. You don't save people, right? God saves people, and we are just a conduit of his love, his mercy, his blessing, and the message of eternal life. I, I especially, I agree, and I applaud, and I just love what, kind of the light bulbs turning on for you, young guys, because here's the thing. You realize that people are more open to engaging in conversation than you probably realized before you went. We can so easily quick and maybe quickly dismiss that no one wants to hear. And guess what? Even the people that say they don't want to hear probably actually want to talk and hear. I remember many times when I was in college when I used to share a lot, and this is even convicting for me because in my college years and in my campus crusade years, we were sharing constantly. And even people that would be saying, like, I don't believe in God, I don't really want to talk about him, and I'd be like, why don't you want to talk about him? And then 30, 45 minutes later, they're still talking about why they don't want to talk about God. It's incredible. And they're going like, well, it's this and that, and you just get to listen, and you get to share more truth and plant more seeds. And then they walk in going, wow, thank you. I came in very defensive and very opposed because my idea of God, my idea of religion was uh, very skewed and jaded, and then you listened, and you just loved me, and you spoke words of life, and that's exactly what Jesus wants to do through you. So thank you for blessing us. Thank you for encouraging us. Guess what, church family? It continues. I look forward to the ripple effect from your faithfulness. I look forward to seeing this equation unfold this next year. I think it's actually something that's a challenge for all of us, isn't it? It's not just limited to the high school campus. It's not just limited to certain contexts. Guess what? Does any, let me ask you this. Do all of you live in a home somewhere? Somewhere? Let me see a show of hands. How many of you live in a home? So that's okay. Do you live by anybody for the most part? Most of you don't want to participate. It's okay. I know you live by people. That means God has strategically 
and divinely placed you. You may think, oh, I chose to live here. Maybe. Maybe it's God that put that desire in your heart to to put you here for such a time as this so that you might plant seeds of truth and life in your neighbors that surround you. Even this next week, brothers and sisters, we have an incredible opportunity to plant more seeds. We have this thing called Vacation Bible School. This, this is the, the theme for this year, Mystery Island. And you know what? It's going to be an incredible time because starting tomorrow, early in the morning, the doors are opening up and hundreds of kids are going to be here. And I know there's going to be a ton of volunteers as well, but the gospel is going to be communicated. The gospel is going to be uh, received. Seeds are going to be planted. And you know what? I can't wait to see what God is going to do through your faithfulness. And so we as a church need to be in prayer. But I do have this question. How many of you are going to be serving in some way, shape, or form this next week? Could you stand to your feet, actually? Could you stand to your feet? Yeah, this is incredible. (laughs) Father, right now, we just say thank you. Thank you for glorifying yourself through us. Thank you for the opportunity to be on mission with you. Thank you for what you are going to do this next week. Father, I just pray for every student, every child that is going to be walking in those doors. Maybe some know you. No doubt many will not know you. But Father, it doesn't matter. Wherever that that child is at, I pray that we would not only have an impact for eternity in the heart and life of that child, but I also pray that it would have a ripple effect into the entire family. Father, may this just be a segue, an open door, a bridge into the entire family. And Father, glorify yourself. This is all about you. It's not about us. This isn't about bringing attention to ourselves. This is about declaring your great name to a world that has yet to know that there's a God who loves them. There's a, a Savior who has come and done all the hard things, even as was testified In our sin, it is hopeless. But Jesus, you came and you delivered us from our sin. And in that, we say thank you. Father, transform our hearts. May we also be renewed in our zeal and excitement for what you have done for us so that we might be more empowered to share that with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you, IBC family.